I looked in the mirror and instead of saying, I am beautiful, I said, I happen to love my big, beautiful green eyes. And that inner demon that was in my head didn't say a word. Could not object. Could not object to that. Yeah, yeah, because it's true. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at my nose and I said, oh my God, I happen to love my cute little nose. And again, I didn't hear anything. And then I looked at my ear and my ear is deformed. It's not a pretty ear. It's it's deformed. Some people might think it's ugly. And I said, I happen to love my cute little ear. It makes me special, it makes me different, and it makes me unique. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. A little bit of a backstory. For guests to come on the show, the first step is to fill out an application. And when this guest, who I'm having on the show today, when her application came by through um, my email, I knew right away that she would be an exceptional guest to have on the Moms Without Capes podcast. So her name is Kelly, and you're gonna learn about her in just a few seconds, but Kelly's story is so amazing, and she was able to take a pretty horrific tragedy that happened when she was little, and that affected her throughout her life. She was able to take that and basically make lemonade out of lemons, And I know that she's got so much wisdom to share through her story, so I'm excited for her to share it with you all today. And so without further ado, let's get into the interview. We have today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Kelly Farlado. Welcome, Kelly, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ani. So Kelly is an amazing woman who has overcome a lot of adversity in her life. She is a motivational speaker and best-selling author who is known for her work in helping others build self-esteem and achieve success. She's especially popular with women who are constantly telling her that she needs to share her story and inspire them. Today, Kelly will be sharing about how to rethink your tragedies and turn them into your gift. So let's get into it. Kelly, tell us a bit more about your journey and what brought you to be where you are today. Yeah, you bet. So uh, when I was two years old, we lived on a farm and my cousins were throwing singles on a fire and a spark came out, landed on my dress. And I ended up exploding and, you know, ended up in the hospital for four months. And every two days I would have to go for surgeries because I was burnt to 75% of my body. And then every two years until I was 20, I'd have to go back to the the hospital um, for more surgeries. And so my whole life was consumed with, you know, surgeries, right? And and trying to, you know, be more mobile and have, you know, better, just better skin and better everything, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, as a kid, I was teased and bullied and shunned. And I remember when I was in grade I think it was in grade five and I walked past my teacher's desk and someone had drawn a picture and it was a circle with scribbles all over it and it said Scarface on it. 
And so I knew that, you know, the kids were calling me the Scarface girl. And of course I was devastated because I didn't want to be the Scarface girl, right? You know how it is. Like we grew up wanting to be the princess, right? Yes. We want to be Cinderella. Yeah. Fifth grade is such that pivotal age where you're so concerned with that image and making sure that everybody likes you and that, you know, trying to fit in. Exactly. And I knew that I wasn't going to fit in because I was the ugly girl. And so I didn't, um, I didn't have my first kiss till like I was like 18. And I remember when I was about 16, I remember praying to God and saying, dear God, please don't make me wake up in the morning. But if I have to, can I at least be scarless so I can be pretty like all the other girls? You know, thank you. Amen. And of course I woke up and of course the scars were still there. And I was devastated because I knew that that meant I would be ugly forever. So, um, and then, you know, when I was 18, I graduated from school. And when I was about 20, I met the man that became my husband. And then we had, uh, had a daughter. And then a year and a half after that, I lost a baby girl at 28 weeks. And I was devastated because I didn't want to lose my baby. Right? And I, I had to hold my little baby and I kept wishing for her to, you know, come alive and cry because I knew if she cried, then she'd be alive. And she, of course, didn't. And I thought, well, what, why, why did this happen to me? Right? Because, you know, everything was so good. Like, and we didn't but know. We just... fell in love and yeah, it was all good. We didn't suspect that anything was wrong. Um, and then you know, a year and a half later, I ended up getting pregnant again. And there's time I had twin boys. <laughs> and that was when I knew that her passing was a gift. Because if she had been alive, we would have stopped at having the two girls and we wouldn't have had any more kids. And with her passing, I believe, you know, my my grandparents and my dad have a baby and a grandbaby in heaven and we have the two boys here on earth so you got double blessed yeah exactly yeah and then um, then after that I ended up losing leaving my husband I just wasn't in love with him anymore we were in a very toxic marriage and uh then I I became a speaker so was this all in your 20s <clears throat> no no um, okay I um in fact, I didn't have my first, uh, my daughter until I was 32. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, yeah. And then I had my sons, my twins when I was 37. Okay. So yeah. And then I didn't leave my husband until I was about 40. I think it was either 44 or 45, something like that. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you want to try journaling, do you? You've heard that it can be therapeutic and can help you sort out all that mumble jumble in your mind. But when you sit down to do it, that blank page can be a bit intimidating. You're not sure what exactly you should write. And while there's a lot you could write, your mind goes blank and you never get that pen to paper. Well, let me help you. I've got a list of prompts that you can use next time you sit down with your journal. These are open-ended questions that will help you through the process of self-discovery and it's yours free. Just go to the show notes, click the link, and download your list of journal prompts today. So let's talk about how you were able to turn your scars into something beautiful. How how are you able to 
move from being in victim mode, you know, having all of these like literal scars on your body and building yourself up and empowering yourself to turn that around into something beautiful. Well, I, when I was about 18, I wanted to know why did I live? And I still remember my grandpa and I having a conversation and he said, Kelly, he said, when you got burned, I was devastated because he was the one that told my cousin to burn the shingles. So he felt really guilty. Yep. He felt it was his fault. And he said, he went to the pastor of the church and the pastor said, your daughter, granddaughter is not going to die. She has a purpose. She has a reason. And that made me think, well, what is my reason? Like, what is my purpose? Why, why, why did I live, right? Like right. back in 1968, being burnt to most of my body at two years old, like there's no way I should have lived. And I just knew that there had to be a reason. I didn't know what it was at that time. But then when I was about uh, 45 years old, I met uh, a, a friend of mine and her name is Charmaine. And we were at a, a woman's business mixer and she said, Kelly, you need to sell that business you're in and be a speaker. I had a scrapbooking business at the time. Okay. I was going to ask and, you what kind of business was that? Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and I said, what? I don't get it. Like she goes, no, people will be so inspired by your story. And at that time we were almost bankrupt and I was in that toxic marriage and I had a dead end job that I hated. And the only great thing I had was my three kids. And I'm thinking, I don't understand why you think I'm inspirational because I see myself as a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, no, people will be inspired by you. And so when I became a speaker, that was when I started to learn that my tragedies were actually gifts. Right. And so I... I remember actually looking in the mirror because I was tired. I was still married at this time and I was tired of feeling ugly. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I want to feel beautiful. Why can't I be the beautiful one for a change, right? And I remember going into the mirror and normally when I would look in the mirror, I would say, yuck, who's going to love that? And you know how it is. People tell you to use affirmation. And the more you say them in the mirror, the more you believe them. Well, every time I would say, I am beautiful, my ego would say, well, no, you're not. You have scars. Fight back. I call her the inner mean girl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? And so that inner inner voice was telling me, you're not beautiful. You're covered in scars. Beautiful women don't have scars. You have to be flawless. You have to be perfect to be beautiful. And I was like, I'm done with this. This is this is, I'm done. I don't want to feel this way anymore. And so this time I went in the mirror and I know, you know, the story, but I'm going to tell it again for your listeners. Absolutely. Please do. Yeah. looked in the mirror and instead of saying I am beautiful I said I happen to love my big beautiful green eyes and that inner demon that was in my head didn't say a word could not object 
could not object to that. Yes. Yeah, because it's true. I believe it. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my nose and I said, oh my God, I happen to love my cute little nose. And again, I didn't hear anything. And then I looked at my ear and my ear is deformed. It's not a pretty ear. Right? It's, it's deformed. It, it can, some people might think it's ugly. And I said, I happen to love my cute little ear. It makes me special. It makes me different and it makes me unique. And then I had my favorite jeans on. And of course I turned around, looked at my bum and I thought, oh my God, I love my cute little hot bum. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I wasn't bragging about myself. I was embracing myself. Yes. And I learned that the next time I looked in the mirror, all I saw was the things I loved about me and my ugly scars just blended in and I didn't see them anymore. And that was one of my biggest transformations in learning how to love who I was, even with my ugly scars. I love that because as, as moms, like I, I've, I've heard this before about, you know, we look into, we look in the mirror and God forbid we look when we're naked and we see like our stretch marks or like I, I was like my seven-year-old or my eight-year-old last night, we were talking about, um, I was telling you before we hit record about the, you know, body image. So my, I was having a different conversation with my eight-year-old and she's been really into like exercise lately. And she wakes up and she's been doing yoga. She gets mad at me when I don't wake her up, when I wake up and I'm like, no, that's my time. (laughs) (laughs) She has been um, saying about, you know, how do I get a six pack? Like she hears my older kids talking and everything. And so Mm -hmm. we're having this whole conversation. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I have a 12 pack. And when she's like, no, you don't. I'm like, yeah, I have a 12 pack of rolls right now. Like, <laughs> I love it. We look in the mirror and like we, we start picking ourselves apart. And that inner mean girl, she can be loud. She can be very fierce and mean. And she holds us, she keeps us playing small for sure. And yeah. so by embracing that, and instead of just saying like, like looking, you know, with these eyes, changing the perspective, changing the way you're looking at yourself and the way you're talking to yourself is so important and realizing like, okay, so those stretch marks, we have these, these amazing children because like we have these stretch marks because we have these amazing children and all of these, you know, just stepping outside and seeing what you can be grateful about, about your family, about not your family, about your body can be such a game changer. And it sounds like that's exactly what you started doing. You started shifting your perspective and start looking at what it is that you love instead of picking apart all of those things that you don't love so much. Uh, Absolutely. I remember a friend of mine, she contacted me and she was all upset because she has one scar right here. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened is she had to have heart surgery. And so that was the scar that they opened her up so they could fix her, right? That scar is even the white. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so she's going on and on and on about how much she hates the scar. And when she goes to buy clothes, she makes sure that it's covered and blah, blah, blah. And then she, all of a sudden she looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the wrong person. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, would you like me to take that scar for you? you I was should- going to say she was talking to exactly the right person right then. The person yeah. that would be able to show her that that is beauty right there. That is what makes her unique and gives her life. Well, and I told her, I said, you are so lucky you have that scar because Mm -hmm. guess what? You were able to find doctors who were able to fix you Mm -hmm. and you're now alive. And if those doctors weren't able to open you up, you wouldn't be alive. 
right? She won't be and able to talk like, to Oh, yeah, I get it, right? So yeah, and yeah. sometimes it does take another person to help shift that perspective to help you exactly. see from a different light. Yeah, because everybody else was trying to teach her how to cover up her scar. Yes, and I was like, why don't you embrace your scar? Because if a man doesn't love you because you've got one scar in your chest. He's, he's not, not worth it. <laughs> no <Right? way>. <laughs> <laughs> like you want men that are in your life that are going to love all of you right yes so. so what would you say to others who may not be feeling like they are enough like whether it be smart enough beautiful enough skinny enough you know fit enough what are some what are some things that you would say to them that are feeling in that place right oh now? my god you know and i actually did a whole um research on i am enough right and so and and that was a big thing for me was like i was really concerned because i wasn't making enough money mm-hmm. and so one of my coaches she actually said to me kel why don't you believe you're enough and i was like what do you mean i'm enough like i speak and i you know go to schools and i speak and i speak to women groups and i'm a you know in my ego pipe piped up right my ego is just like they're so mad because she said that you know I said I don't value myself and I'm like she goes Kel I think the reason you don't value yourself is because you're not making the money that you wanted to make Mm. oh and that hit me right to my core right because I had set some financial goals and I hadn't met them and she said Kel don't call me back until you know what value is and I'm like what what is value like if value is not money, what is it, right? Because we are taught that the person who works at McDonald's and makes $5 an hour, there's value of the woman lawyer who's making 500 bucks an hour, right? right? Like we're taught that the money culture. is, yeah. And so anyway, all of a sudden I started thinking about all these things I had done. So for example, I reconnected an old friend from high school with his family they hadn't seen him in 23 years and they thought he was dead and i reconnected them because i was planning our high school reunion and his family came up to me and they thanked me because they didn't know he was still alive Mm -hmm. and then i helped another friend of mine and i taught him how to become a best-selling author and now he's coaching people to be best-selling authors and now he helped, I think he said like 90 people become best-selling authors. So now all their stories are getting out in the world. And then I thought about when I went to Africa and my book, Self-Esteem Doesn't Come in a Bottle, is being used to teach teenage kids about self-esteem. And all so of a sudden I wrote things are so list. invaluable. All of those things. Yeah. And I wrote a list, all of these things down. And then the next morning I read it. And I wrote it in third person and I'm reading it and I'm like, who is this trick? I've got to know her. Like she's amazing. Right. And so I handed my homework into my coach and she's like, I think you finally get it. Your value is not in how much money you make or don't make. Your value is in your acts of service. It's in what you do to help people and help your family. And, you know, and that's where your value is. And that was when I described that I am more than enough, right? I love that as an exercise of all of you that are listening, take out a piece of pen and paper and write that down, right? What are those things that you've done? Because 
what you just mentioned, Kelly, like all, all three of those examples, you can't put a dollar sign on them. And yet they're amazing works. They're amazing. Like they bring value to so many people beyond the people that you even know, like the person who's teaching, coaching others now, like they're all able to pay it forward. And so you're touching so many lives with your work and you can't put a dollar sign on that. Like your worthiness doesn't have, doesn't, it's not about how much money you're making or, you know, any, any of those typical measure marks that we yep. use to measure our worth like it's not that you do need to detach from that and and find find your value and identify what it is that is makes you a value so I know and I, I still remember like when I was before COVID and I was speaking quite a bit and um so you know I felt I had a lot of guilt because I was traveling probably about 30 percent of my time and I was away from my kids Mm -hmm. And they were young. And so, you know, and sometimes, you know, people would say to me, you need to put your kids first, not money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a single mom. Like, my work is how I support my kids. And I had a lot of mommy guilt, a mm -hmm. lot of mommy guilt. And I still remember this was actually not this past Mother's Day, but the other Mother's Day. My, I got to see my son and, um, he gave me a letter and I, as soon as he gave it to me I started crying right because of course we have that mommy guilt that we're not good enough and we're not smart enough we're not doing enough and um, the letter was just incredible and you know his last words I only hope that I can be you know half the half the person that you are that is awesome that right? is so awesome and, uh, that was when I knew, you know, he like, at that time, I think he was like 18. And mm -hmm. how many 18 year olds? Right, 18 year old boys are gonna have <laughs> their feelings like that. <laughs> exactly, most 18 year old boys are not, you know, thinking about writing their mom a letter, no. right? Um, and I, I still remember too, my, my other son, he was 16 at the time and I drove him to school. And um, when I dropped him off, he said, you know, mom, he said, my friends often complain about their, their moms. And I told them, I can't relate. I love my mom. I'm so proud of her. Awesome. And again, I'm like, oh, you know, and because <laughs> it was right at that time when, you know, I'm really feeling bad about how much I'm working mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And, and he's like, no, mom, I'm proud of you. Right. You know, I'm able you. to give you that validation that you're on the right track. That you're yeah. doing, you're doing good. That you yeah. are enough, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. If you're a super busy, stressed out mom looking to minimize self doubts, challenge unrealistic expectations, and confront negative self talk, all while increasing your self confidence, then you already know that you have to stop feeling inadequate and fully believe in yourself. That's where the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program can help. In just eight weeks, you can transform your inner critic to become your biggest cheerleader. You will learn proven methods to stop negative self-talk, break the cycle of negative thinking, and shift your self-beliefs to ones that serve you. 
Start treating yourself with kindness and compassion and grow your self-esteem and confidence by enrolling in the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program today. You can find the link in the show notes of today's episode. So tell us about the burn blankets. Um, this is something a pro- like your passion project. And let's share with the listeners what, what that's all about. Well, so this is a funny story because I think it was about six or seven years ago when I, um, I learned to paint and my best friend said, you know, Cal, you need to paint. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to paint. She goes, no, you need to paint. You're going to make thousands of dollars. And I was like, I think you're full of shit, but <laughs> no, she's like, no, you need to paint. And I'm like, okay, fine. So anyways, I saw, I saw, um, a painting on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, I got to learn how to do that. Found the girl on YouTube, learned from her. And I had won a painting kit the year before. And so I'm here I am painting and I'm putting all these paintings on Facebook. And I made like a thousand dollars in a week selling all my paintings. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. But <laughs> I, I, I know, but then I found a way to get my painting put on a blanket. And then what I did is I had some prototypes made and I pre-sold like a hundred blankets. And I thought, oh my God, like, this is like a hundred people want my blanket. This is crazy. the same painting? Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so anyways, I, I found a way to get the blankets made in China, but I had to order 1500 of them and I didn't have the money. Right. So I said to myself, well, how am I going to do this? And I heard that little voice say to me, call, call Ron. And so I did. And Ron's a friend of mine from high school and he's also an investor. And so he invested in me and gave me the money to do it. And, and then I got all these blankets made. And then what happened is I go around to different rotary clubs and service clubs and I share my story of being a burn survivor. And then they get to sponsor blankets. And then we give the, the blanket to the burn kids at summer camp. So, That's but it's cool because what I did is I, I included my kids in it. Cause a lot of times people ask me, well, how do you balance your kids and your work and your art and all that? And I said, well, I include my kids. Yeah, so my so. kids got to come with me. Like Cody, my, my, uh, my one twin, he was 12 years old and he was coming to rotary club with me speaking and he what just loved it. Right. And then when we go to summer camp, yeah, I'll go to summer camp. The kids all help me give out the blankets and yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was a way that you were able to involve your kids in the work that you do. Exactly. And help them be charitable, right? Just something that we all try to do with our kids, like help them recognize that we live in a bigger world than just them. Exactly. Yeah. So what is your, we talk a lot about self-care and I ask this to all of the guests. So what is your go-to self-care practice, Kelly? Oh my goodness. Self-care. That's so hard for, for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess my self-care would be, you know, just taking time for myself and painting. Like I, I love painting. And so that's really important to me is to, you know, keep painting. Had you painted before or you decided like it was just a painting you were inspired to try it? Yeah, I hadn't painted before. And then all of a sudden now I have like 50 or 60 paintings because now I just love it so much. Took some more courses and all that. Yeah. 
So it's your hobby. You found you yeah. found a hobby. That's awesome. That's right. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? Either a book based on like on, on your own work or maybe a book that you've written or a book that you found has greatly impacted your journey. Sure. Well, um, basically The Secret was one of the books that really inspired me okay. to, right? But um, I, I really love my book, Self-Esteem Doesn't Come in a Bottle. And it's a great book that, you know, help people with self-esteem and, and, and they're quick and easy things to do. It's not, it's not complicated. It's just that one of the things that I did was just learn to quit comparing myself to other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and worrying about what everybody's <laughs> thinking about you. Right. We do that a lot where people are staring at us and we think that they're saying bad things about us and maybe they're not. Right, right. We start mind reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we cause so much drama in our lives. And so, yeah. So I'm going to be developing a course around the whole, you know, self-esteem doesn't come in a bottle. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then finally, where can listeners find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook. I, I don't even know how to use Instagram. So don't even... <laughs> <laughs> there, but I don't even know what to do with it. Um, but yeah, Facebook is my favorite place to hang out. And of course, LinkedIn and Twitter and, and website. And yeah. All right. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that I didn't ask you or that you feel would be of value to our listeners? So it's a, it's a quote that I came up with and it is that dreams are meant to be found, not tucked away in dreamland. Love it. Love that. Okay. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. It was a pleasure having the conversation with you. You're very welcome. And thank you for the honor of being with you and your, your listeners. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is. And we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.